So how are you? Really, if you're like many women I know, we need more than ever to hear how other women are not just surviving, but thriving, intentionally creating a meaningful life right now. If you're in the market for strategies that will add velocity to your life and leadership, join us. Today's guest is Erin Ardley with Dynava Insurance. And we've just been chatting a little bit about the way that we've had to uh, shift strategies, reinvent life a little bit um, in the midst of a strange, strange time for this world. But um, before we get into that storytelling, I want Erin to get a chance to just introduce who she is and why she created Dynama Insurance Company. Erin? Thanks for having me. Thanks for the opportunity. Of course, every entrepreneur wants to talk about their baby. <laughs> so um, I founded my company six years ago, and it's hard to believe it's already been that long, but our focus is on providing insurance in a way that is much more educational and transparent than maybe people are used to. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think when some people think about buying life insurance, they might think about uh, the scene in Groundhog Day where Bill Murray's friend Ned keeps popping up and trying to sell him and tries right. to try to sell him again. And right. <laughs> you know, it's just it's not a pleasant experience. So um, we really strive to be the opposite of that, you know, pushy salesperson by right. helping clients to really understand what their options are by comparing products from multiple companies yeah. and being an advocate for the client. That's so, you know, whenever I'm talking to people about insurance, I always mentioned, you know, the most important thing is to really shop around, to really compare options. And that's something that an independent broker uh, like myself can do. And that's really the, the main goal of my company, make people right. feel educated, empowered, and, um, and happy with choices as opposed to feeling sold. And I bet that's important more than ever since the changes in our healthcare system created so many options that are hard to navigate. Where do you think people are finding the most um, solutions in healthcare right now, especially with small business owners? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that can be confusing for people is do I rely on what I get through work or do I need things on my own? And that's definitely something we help clients better understand. But my advice usually is make sure you have the insurance you need for your family, whether that's life or disability um, insurance outside of work so that you control it. And now what we're seeing is with people leaving jobs, switching jobs, starting companies, those corporate benefits may not be portable or may not be portable at the same price. So people are really seeing the importance of having what they need in their control. Right. And I think with small business owners, you know, they also fall victim to this mistake where, you know, they're worried about their employees and making sure the employees have health insurance, but right. does the business owner have what they need to protect themselves and their company? Do they have um, everything that they should have? Right. That's so important. <clears throat> we tend to um, not take care of our, our, you know, the whole um, cobbler kids have no shoes kind of. Right. <laughs> It's, it's true. I mean, you know, my husband's in health insurance too. We talk about that. And um, yeah, we probably don't have all the insurance that we should have because we're so busy trying to help other people. Right. It's definitely interesting. Um, and, you know, the, the economy and there's so many reasons right now where people are just trying to um, prioritize how they spend their money. Uh, it's, 
it's definitely uh, a hard conversation to have when you're talking about taking care of yourself for the long run. What are some of the advantages? That, and you know, if we're talking about a, an audience mostly of women who are entrepreneurs or in corporate, um, what are some of the reasons that we need to be um, thinking about our own um, setting up our own healthcare and uh, life insurance for the long run? Or to tell us scary stories if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, what's important to remember with any kind of insurance is something is always better than nothing. Um, you know, if you can't afford to have all the life insurance you think you might need, you know, having a half a million instead of a million is still a lot of money if something were to happen to you and you have a young child, for example. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes people perceive that insurance is going to be very complicated, very expensive, yeah. when in fact there are some really affordable and simple solutions. Yeah. So I would say stop telling yourself that you can't afford it because, you know, honestly, if you have obligations of being the breadwinner or taking care of children or taking care of employees or business partners, you really should have at least something in place. Um, and, you know, again, something is better than nothing. Yeah. So I think, you know, for the business owners out there, disability insurance to take care of your income if something happens to you um, and disability overhead insurance that could help pay for your business's expenses like payroll or, you know, legal services mm -hmm. uh, or accounting services if something were to happen to you. And, you know, those are things that if you had those coverages in place and you and the business can be well taken care of, you could just focus on getting better and you'd have less financial stress, which Absolutely. is good for the business, is good for you, is good for your employees. <laughs> you know, the thought just came to mind that one of my clients here told me that um, he can't afford to get sick. He can't afford to get this virus because so many people rely on him to be mm. in the office. Right. And so would disability actually cover somebody who has COVID-19? So it depends. I mean, the, the key with insurance is always, you know, read your policy, know the details, but short-term disability would cover an illness like COVID mm -hmm. okay. um, or an injury that keeps you out of work. So um, I've seen more people ask about short-term disability plans mm -hmm. now with COVID thinking, huh, what if I was sick for, you know, it could be two weeks, but it could also be a few months from what we hear about some people. Sure. So. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Good, good. Well, <clears throat> I'm glad that you exist in <laughs> I'm sure they, and I'm just fascinated. I'm looking at the, the background. Is this your office or is this your living room? Where are you? My home office. <laughs> I love it. Well, you told me you live on the 31st floor in Manhattan. So you're describing a dream world for a, a girl in Colorado. <laughs> it has some pretty nice views here, but tell us a little bit about life in Manhattan for you and your husband. Oh, you mean recently with everything going on or? Well, yeah, I mean, um, I want to I, I wanna dig in a little bit to what your COVID experience is, but pre-COVID, tell me about where you are and what your lifestyle, you know, is, is typically life. I know you like to travel and I'm, I just want to be friends with you. <laughs> I'm with you. I want to, I want to get to every continent. That's just <laughs> the continents you've been on. 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge traveler. That's definitely my, you know, any spare time I have, I look to go someplace new. And um, I've been to over 50 countries now and seven continents. And wow. people will ask, oh, are you done? No, there's still, you know, 140 something countries I haven't been to. <laughs> Do you have a pen board or something where you put a pen in every country you visited? Or how does Just that? a list. <laughs> wow. A list and a wish list. <laughs> oh my um, goodness. But I mean, New York is a great place to also satiate some wanderlust because we have you know food and music and culture and art from all over the world too. So um, I live in Manhattan. My office is in Manhattan, and um, you know there's just there's always something to learn or to explore. So um, I'd say uh, I think two years ago I joined the advisory board of the World Music Institute, and that was a way for me to do something that had nothing to do with insurance. <laughs> and um, it's a group, um, a nonprofit group that brings in um, dancers and musicians from all over the world to perform in New York City. That's fantastic. So you're bringing the world to New York. Of course yeah, not. I, think, but... I think especially now, you know, in these fractious times where there's so much, you know, otherness and fear, you know, music can really help bridge. Yeah you know, some of these emotions and, and connect people. So I think it's, it's more important than ever that we're, you know, exposing people to something like music or dance that might make them really appreciate or see a culture in a different light. Absolutely. This is a time when we need it the most. Yes. <laughs> Being shut in like this, you know, speaking of um, music and the healing aspect of that, there's not a whole lot going on with regard to theater and, and music right now. So is like the, the World Music Institute, do they do online performances or have you seen any of that happening in New York? Yeah, so it's it's very sad. I mean, Broadway is closed. All the music venues are closed. Even the movie theaters are closed. So it's, it's definitely um, challenging for those of us who want entertainment, but even more difficult for those people who are employed by those industries. Um, so World Music Institute has started doing um, what they call WMI plus um, from home where they have musicians that are interviewed and will share songs, um, some nice. share recipes, um, and they're free. And their goal is just to have people stay, you know, connected with the organization so that when shows do come back, they remember and, and, you know, and think about these positive, you know, at home experiences they had. Um, so I think other musicians and other groups are trying to do that, but it's, it's certainly not going to replace their revenue streams, sadly. Well, and that's a separate thing. Um, and I know that uh, so much is shut down in New York. I didn't realize until we talked today that you still are not doing in inside dining in, in restaurants. So just take out only right now. Yeah, there are some outdoor options, um, mm -hmm. but they're, um, you know, they're, they have to be spaced apart. So, mm -hmm. you know, restaurants that would normally have people crammed at the bar and crammed inside, you know, can only put a few tables outside. So um, it's definitely still tough for the restaurants here. So it's good to see places opening. I'm glad that it's summer and they can take advantage of the weather, but uh, we still have a long way towards, you know, getting back to, to normal and full capacity. Right, right. So what's the, um, the reason I want to, I'm so curious about your experience in New York is I was just talking about how um, there's some people who downplay the gravity of the virus and really, don't think they'll ever get sick and they don't think it's such a big deal and that we don't need to wear masks. And, and I think that our perspective is somewhat um, 
tinted by the fact that we're not seeing the kinds of devastation that you've seen in New York and that we're maybe now seeing in Florida. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience in, over the past four months with COVID kind of changing your daily lifestyle. So I would say many people I knew left the city and uh, went to second homes or families' homes. And my husband and I made the decision to stay here. And I think mostly we were happy we did that, but there were definitely times where there was, you know, constant ambulance sirens. Um, you know, many people heard about the fact that we had a, a naval ship docked as a hospital. We had a, um, a tent hospital built in Central Park, um, which is something I never thought I'd see. Um, and even from my own window, I could actually see some of the refrigerated trucks being used as morgues uh, lined up in front of the hospitals. So um, those things made it very real. Um, just seeing people on the streets, um, you know, wearing masks and just, you know, looking scared. Um, I think it, it, you know, we all took it seriously here. Um, whenever people tell me, you know, ah, oh, does this really affect young people? For example, I'll say, you know, go to the New York Times and, and read some of the stories that people have written about what it's been like here. If you don't believe it, if you haven't seen it firsthand, right. um, the New York Times has done a great job of sharing the stories of some of the first responders or the people who've been sick um, and, and they're very powerful. So uh, thankfully I can't speak to that, <laughs> feel very uh, privileged and lucky to be able to work from home and to be healthy, um, but uh, definitely have a real sense of what we've had to live through here. So I, I, you know, so much of this could be preventable if people are smart. So mm -hmm. I hope people take it seriously. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Um, I think it's important for us to tell stories so that we can all um, kind of modify a response <laughs> to uh, right. circumstances right now. Um, you know, one of the things I think is interesting in this um, current state of the world is that one of the businesses that is thriving right now is the liquor store. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we're talking about women, wine, and leadership. So <laughs> I have had so many friends and followers tell me um, how much wine they're drinking. <laughs> so um, I'm curious to know, are you um, enjoying a favorite bottle of wine on a Friday night during your, your shut-in? Oh, definitely. <laughs> What's the one number one? You've uh... traveled the world, too, so you've tasted a lot of wine, I bet. I have. I've been to vineyards in South Africa and Spain and France and California and um, Argentina. So oh, yeah. that's definitely a favorite thing to do while I'm traveling. Okay, and hold on a second. Which vineyard comes to mind first in terms of sitting and drinking wine or experiencing the vineyard? What's the first picture that comes to mind? Um, I'd say the vineyards in Argentina with the, both the vines and also the Andes in the background are really beautiful. And there's a, there's a vineyard um, that's owned by Susana Balboa. Um, she was the first woman winemaker in Argentina. And now she's a politician. <laughs> really? She has great wine and it's a great experience um, at their vineyard as well. So I remember doing a picnic outside and just having some fantastic Malbec and Tanat and other great wines there. Malbec is one of my favorites. What's the so, name of her vineyard? Susanna Balbo, B-A-L-B-O. Okay. Wines, and you can you can Google that and find. Yep. Good. So does that fall in your 
first bottle of wine to open list? Or yeah, the other thing I've been, I, I'm a huge fan of Spanish wines. Yeah. And uh, one of the unfortunate uh, COVID activity or pre-COVID activities, I used to do a, a Spanish wine uh, tasting group. And so Ooh. obviously those opportunities are not happening in person, but um, I really love Mencia and uh, Priorat wines and um, Ribera del Dueros and Riojas and, and even and some Spanish whites too. The Albarinos are beautiful. So the Galician wines, the Mencia and the, the Albarino. So I think those are kind of underappreciated wines. And I would say for people who want to try something different, you can just find some really great wine that's undervalued, I think, from Spain. It's, it's a fun fun region or fun country to kind of experiment and learn because you know, if you want to try a Napa cab, it's, <laughs> it's not going to be inexpensive. Whereas if you want to get a great bottle of Mencia, you can spend $20. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's really significant. And you told me that you've been to South Africa and, and uh, one of the wine stores that I frequent in Colorado Springs said that his selection of South African wines are really high value because they still haven't jacked up the prices like a lot of the world. So is it the right. same in Spain? Yeah, I would say similar. Yeah, kind mm -hmm. of underappreciated, but some you know, great wine making tradition and old vines and old families that are really mm -hmm. devoted to quality, but just not mm -hmm. as known as maybe, you know, France or California or whatnot in, 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 or Italy. Um, so some values there. So, I mean, you know, if you're going to drink wine every Friday night, you got to have some deals in there. <laughs> I agree. I really, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, what I might be able to afford. I really like finding great deals. And I've, I've actually had some more expensive wines that were kind of disappointing. So I really don't play with roulette with the wine labels anymore. Well, this, this class I'm in, we usually do a tasting of 12 wines blind. And then you have to rank the wines wow. um, and also try to guess what they are. And many times the first or second place wine will be something less than $20. And the last place wine will be something that was 250 or $300. So wow. um, the teacher has a great phrase. All he, he says, the only thing you need to know about wine is, do I like it? Can I afford it? <laughs> that's, that's amazing. And I've heard that so many times. And um, I, I love the fact that the $20 wine has won more than once because it, it <laughs> definitely uh, validates my personal pursuit of wines under $20. <laughs> right. <laughs> the older I get, the higher it gets. I remember in my 30s, I think it was wine under $10. And then in my 30s, it was 15. And now I'm actually, you know, branching out to 20. <laughs> On a rare occasion, I get that $35 bottle of wine. Right. So. Yeah, um, I love I love that you do this tasting group, and I'm thinking, well, can't you do that virtually? And then I realize, well, no, not if you have twelve wines blind. <laughs> that one's hard. Yeah, I have done some virtual tastings where vineyards have sent two or three bottles, and then we've they've walked us through a, a tasting, That's which fantastic. is fun. Um, and I would definitely um, Navarro um, Navarro Winery in Northern California, uh -huh. um, a great. Um, great range of wines, really affordable prices and shipping. So anyone who's listening who wants to do a wine tasting at home, I would definitely recommend reaching out to them. Um, N-A-V-A-R-R-O winery okay. um, in Northern California. Oh, that's the winning story. Okay. Not only are you living my life, Erin, you have given me something that I can do together. 
Well, we did a, um, we wanted to do something nice for our clients during this time. And of course, many of our clients are New Yorkers and we're stuck at home. So we actually organized a wine tasting with Navarro and we um, invited our favorite clients and about 30 of them were available on the day we did it. So we, Navarro sent them three wines ahead of time. And then nice. the uh, vineyard assistant was out in the vineyards. You could see the vines and mountains behind him. And oh, he that walked sounds through. wonderful. It was really fun. People didn't want to get off at the end of the call. <laughs> Can I stay here? <laughs> it was oh, a nice escape. <laughs> so I recommend that to the listeners. <laughs> that is beautiful. Well, and um, boy, you've inspired me. You know, I do um, women's wine retreats. And now I'm imagining myself in all these pictures in Argentina, at Navarro Winery. <laughs> you have to tell me where you want the next wine retreat. We'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Erin, for sharing your, your time and your stories with us today. It's, and I'm excited to share this information and get myself a group of women to do that virtual. <laughs> that fun. Thank you for having me. I think, you know, regardless of how difficult times are, you always have to find a reason to smile. And also it's, it's nice when you can support other businesses and Navarro is a family owned winery. So, you know, I just keep thinking of even in small ways, how can we pay it forward and, and yeah. help other businesses during this time so I love that I love that whole philosophy and speaking of helping businesses if somebody um, in New York needs insurance how do they get a hold of you Sure. So we're based in New York. We can work with clients nationwide okay. and we're happy to help if you're looking for life, health, disability, or long-term care insurance, or if you just have questions about existing insurance, we also provide complimentary reviews. So the website is dynamainsurance.com. That's D-Y-N-A-M-A -A, uh, insurance.com. And you can also find me, Erin Ardley, um, on Google, on LinkedIn, um, my phone number is 212-933-9456, 212-933-9456. And we also have a uh, Dynama Insurance Instagram account where we post some fun pictures, including a picture of the wine tasting. <laughs> oh, I'm going to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of ways to stay in touch. And I'm also always happy to talk to other entrepreneurial women. Um, I do run a, uh, a weekly virtual networking group um, and host some other events. So definitely happy to connect with any women that are considering entrepreneurship or are entrepreneurs who want to brainstorm. That's super. Um, I think people will take you up on that. I might take you up on that. <laughs> Good deal. Thank you so much, Erin, for sharing your time today. I'll uh, send you the deals when, um, when we get this all finished up so you can put it on all your channels too. Great, I will. I'll definitely share it. <laughs> Thank you so much. And nice to talk to you. Take care. <laughs> so what'd you think? I hope you found some strategies from today's show that will help you move your life from surviving to thriving. We're about strategies that will help you to live the life that you're made for. So if you want more of this, go to 360lifestrategies.com. Lots of stuff there. You can check out our page, Donna Carlson 360 on Instagram, 360 Life Strategies on Twitter, and you must check out our wine palace at 360 Life Strategies on Pinterest. That's where you can get a label for all the wines we talk about on this show. Most of all, have a conversation with us. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, you'll find this on our Facebook page, also at 360 Life Strategies. So please join in. 
and share with a friend. Thanks.